0: Let us pray. Lord, as we enter this time of prayer, study of your word, we ask that your Holy Spirit will uh, be here with us, that it will continue to work on us, move on us, that this time will become a special time, a sacred time where everything else falls away and the truth of your everlasting word. The truth of your eternal kingdom is made known to us. We ask that the words that are read, although written so long ago, will come alive for us today, that we will find uh, meaning and relevance in them, and that they will in some way shape us to be more like Christ, the one whom we follow. Bless this time that we have together in your presence. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Please stand if you are able for the reading of the word. Our scripture this morning comes from the book of Romans, chapter one, verses eight through 15. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you, because your faith is proclaimed in all the world. I do not want you to be unaware, brothers, that I have often intended to come to you, but thus far have been prevented, in order that I may reap some harvest among you as well as among the rest of the Gentiles. I am under obligation both to Greeks and to barbarians, both to the wise and to the foolish. So I am eager to preach the gospel to you also who are in Rome. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. I read this week that the metallic smell from money is actually caused by human body odor. If you're um, even slightly normal, you're probably wondering why I just told you that. (laughs) I read that in an article that was called, Seven Interesting Facts You Can Use to Make Small Talk More Intriguing. The fact that such articles exist prove that we have a problem with small talk. It makes us feel awkward. It makes us uncomfortable. So people go online and they Google things like, what are some things I can say in small talk? And unfortunately, you will find things like that about the the body odor causing the smell of money. Now, I don't know about you, but if someone opened up their small talk with me using that line, we probably wouldn't talk about much else. That would, be, that would be the end of the conversation. But we do that. We, we try to come up with things we can talk about that will be interesting that will be just more than the casual how's the weather type stuff. Because we find ourselves in social situations where maybe we're on a, an elevator or in a grocery line or, or something, and, and we're there with complete strangers or maybe a casual acquaintance. And we wonder, how are we going to pass this time? How are we going to pass this moment of silence? And so we talk about things like the weather. That's an old one. Uh, We talk about current events. But that gets a little dicey because then you can easily sort of go into politics, which is always a dangerous thing to start talking about with, with complete strangers. So we have this anxiety about what we can do to break the ice with others. We have anxiety about what we could possibly talk about. Now, Paul was writing a letter here to the Romans, and over the next several, several weeks, we're going to be going through Romans. There is a lot of heavy, deep, dense stuff in in Romans. There is a lot to chew on in Romans. And Paul knew that this letter he was writing to the Romans was going to be very heavy. But he had to break the ice somehow. And that's why this week we're looking at this first part, this passage, where he's breaking the ice. And how does he do it? He breaks the ice by telling them, I am thankful for you. I thank God for you. Now, that's a good icebreaker. If you were to meet somebody and they just immediately tell you, I thank God for you. I'm glad that you're here there would be this, this, this connection, this trust built immediately. And that's what Paul did. He says, I thank God for you. Now, why, why was Paul so thankful for the Christians in Rome? Well, if you understand really what Rome was in that day, it was sort of the epicenter. It was, it was the, the, the mecca for everything political and, and entertainment and, and everything. It was the capital of the empire. So if you wanted to think of it in in today's um, uh, understanding, it would be like all the major cities condensed into one. It would be like Tokyo and Moscow and London and all in one, but it would have the the political elements of Washington, D.C., and it would have the entertainment of, of Hollywood, and it would just all be right there condensed into one huge place. That was Rome. And so for us to think about, okay, you take all those major cities and you take places like Washington, D.C. and Hollywood, and then you hear that there's a church emerging that is making a difference, that there is a group of Christians, a group of believers there that is, that is starting to shape the culture around them, you realize why Paul was so grateful why he was so thankful for these Christians. But then Paul goes on, he doesn't just say that he's thankful, he goes on to say, I've also been praying for you. As God is my witness, nonstop I have been lifting you up in prayer. Now if that's not a great great icebreaker, I don't know what is. A few years ago, uh, Claire and I met at a a clergy retreat. Another pastor. They were. Um, he was sitting at a table with us during a Bible study. So we had conversation going back and forth with him, you know, about the Bible lesson, whatever we were talking about, and it was good. We got to know him just a little bit there at the table, but then that was it, and we went on with our lives. And uh, six months, a year passed. I'm not really sure, but I knew that I was going to see that pastor again, and we hadn't talked since then. So in my mind, I started with just this kind of small talk anxiety. Well, when I see this guy again, I don't want to pretend I don't know him because we, we had this, this great moment, uh, and I don't want to um, be, be superficial in the things that I talk. What, what can I talk to this guy about? And I knew that he ran. I had seen him on the retreat running a few times, and, and, I, and I ran too. So I was like, maybe I can, I don't know, talk to him about running when I see him again. The thing about running is there's not much to say about it. You just go out there and do it. You can talk about your shoes, or maybe I could ask him why his shorts were so much shorter than mine, or something like that. <laughs> but, but really, what else was there to say? I, and so, so I started, I mean, just weeks before I saw him again, I was, gonna, I was wondering, what am I going to say to this guy when I see him again? And when, and when we saw each other again at annual conference, the very first thing he said to me was, I have been praying for you and Claire and y'all's kids every morning since I met you. And immediately our relationship with each other, our friendship, went, it, it transcended to this other level. Because when, when somebody tells you I have been praying for you, not I will pray for you, but I have been praying for you, all of a sudden, there is, there is this, this new depth to that relationship. There is an encouragement. There is a trust factor that you enter into with each other. And so I didn't have to worry about running or, or anything like that, Talking to him about that. It was I was completely at ease talking with him, knowing that he had been lifting us up into prayer. And that's what Paul does. Paul starts off his letter to the the Romans saying, I'm thankful for you, and I've been praying for you. I've been lifting you up. And Paul opens this letter with this great word of encouragement to people that he didn't even know. He had never met them before. He had never been to Rome before. But yet he was praying for them. A lot of times we think that we need to really get to know each other before we can pray for each other. Sometimes we gossip and we say that it's because we need to hear all the prayer requests. All the things that we need to pray about. The truth is we can pray for each other. We can lift each other up without knowing all the dirt on each other. God knows everyone's needs, desires, struggles. And we can intercede for anyone at any time. We don't have to be specific. He already knows. This past week, uh, we were, Claire and the kids and I, we went to Jekyll Island. And and while we were there, every day I would go run. And I would run uh, so far down the bike trail, and then I'd turn around and I'd run back. And there was a man there, he was a security guard, uh, stationed outside of this construction site. And he had this umbrella over him, and he had a a water bottle, and he had a newspaper. And he he looked really comfortable sitting out there. But he would be looking at his newspaper, and any time I'd run... He would just kind of quickly glance up from his paper and wave like this and go back. And, uh, and I didn't think much of it. This was, you know, I'd see him on the way out. I'd see him on the way back and you know, wave. That was it. Well, the last day that I was running, I ran past him and, and it occurred to me, this might be the last time that I ever see this guy. Because when I come back to Jekyll Island, the construction will be over. There won't be a security guard out here. This guy has been a part of my day, twice a day, every day that I've been here, and and I'm about to run past him again. And so I started thinking, well, what could I do? Now, short of stopping and getting in his business and, and, you know, probably interrupting his newspaper and all of that, uh, I, I figured probably a better thing to do would be just to say a prayer for him. And I don't know the guy. So... All I have to do is say, Lord, whatever this guy's situation is, bless him. You know his needs better than I do. And we can do that for complete strangers everywhere we go. We can run into people at the mall, the grocery store. We can run into people out on the square, wherever, and say a prayer for them. That's what prayerful living is. And that's how Paul was able to say that I've been praying for you in Rome nonstop. He didn't know them specifically. He didn't know all of their individual needs. But as they came to mind, he could just quickly lift them up. We can lift people up without prying. And we can do that for each other. Here in our church, in our own community, we can lift each other up. We can pray for each other without prying. Now, once you build trust, people may confide in you. They may ask for specific prayer requests, and that's good. But until then, we should always be ready to pray for each other, to encourage each other to strengthen each other through through thanksgiving and through prayer, just as Paul was doing for the Romans. Now, we all hopefully believe in the power of prayer. Um, I, I'd like to think most of us know that prayer is powerful. But even more so is the power of encouragement through prayer, knowing that someone is praying for you. That in itself is a source of strength. There is a, an old Ricky Skaggs song, that I used to listen to, and and I haven't heard it in years, but it came to mind as I was reading this, where he says, somebody's praying. I can feel it. Angels are watching over me. Mighty hands are guiding me to protect me what I can't see because somebody's praying for me. And then he goes on, well, I've walked through the barren wilderness where my pillow was a stone, and I've been through the darkest caverns where no light had ever shone, but still I went on because there was someone who was down on their knees praying for me knowing that people are praying for us can have an extremely enormous effect on the way we live our lives the way we our relationship with God our relationship with Christ and our relationship with each other and so for Paul to to start this letter off saying i'm thankful for you and i've been praying for you that should encourage us, us that should inspire us But then he goes on in the next part of this this icebreaker passage, and he says, I can't wait to see you so that I can impart some type of spiritual gift to you. Now when we hear spiritual gifts, especially if we hear Paul talking about them, we start to think about tongues or um, you know, prophecy or all these other spiritual gifts that he mentions in other parts of, of, of this letter and other letters. And so we start thinking spiritual gifts, okay, what, maybe that's what he's talking about. I don't think that's what he's talking about right here. Because he goes on and he says, we will be mutually encouraged. I will impart some spiritual gift to you through my presence there, but you will also be imparting a spiritual gift to me. He's talking about encouraging each other with their ministries and with their words. And Paul goes on to talk about reaping the harvest from them. Now, somebody else had planted this church. Paul had nothing to do with it. Somebody else had already planted the word of Christ, and the church had grown and taken off in Rome without any help at all from Paul. And Paul says, well, I can't wait to come in and benefit from your harvest. I can't wait to benefit from some of that spiritual fruit that you are bearing. But of course the thing is, if you know anything about harvest at all, you don't just harvest and then that's it. It's not just a one-time thing. You harvest and then you replant. So that you can harvest again, or someone else can come along and harvest again. And that's what Paul's talking about here. I'm going to come along, I'm going to reap the benefits of your ministry. I'm going to reap the fruit that you are bearing, this, this good fruit from your ministry. I can't wait to come, be a part of that, and be fed by that, be encouraged by that. But I also want to, to soak. And I want to plant something there so that you can grow again. You can grow more. And we do this with each other. And that's what the church is supposed to be. We talk about bringing in people. We talk about programs. We talk about getting younger families and kids involved and all of this kind of stuff. But it actually has to start with the way we grow each other, with the way we encourage each other, with the way we strengthen each other and inspire each other because a church, in order for it to be healthy it has to be able to sustain itself and so Paul says I can't wait to come read this harvest and to also encourage you so that you can reap the harvest from my ministry that's what Christian ministry is all about now Paul closes this little paragraph by saying when I come I'm going to preach the gospel to you now that's a curious thing why would Paul need to go preach the gospel to people who are already believers? Maybe it's because we all need to be reminded of the gospel. Sure, there's this one-time moment where we, we, we hear the gospel and it changes us. We come to Jesus. We, we have that moment of, of salvation, that moment of justification. But to continue on and to continue to be sanctified... We need to be reminded of it. We need to be reminded of God's grace. We need to be reminded of what the blood of Jesus Christ means for us. And that's what Paul is talking about here. I'll never forget when I I was preparing to come here, before I I got here for my my first sermon and preached here, uh, one of my clergy mentors told me, and now don't be afraid to preach the same sermon twice. He said, first of all, they're probably not going to remember it the second time. And he said, and I'll be honest, you're probably not going to remember having said it the first time. <laughs> and I think God wired us that way for a reason, because we need to be reminded. It needs to become fresh to us constantly. We need to hear the message of the gospel. We need to, to, to learn of, of how powerful our Lord is and what he can do to, to change us and what he can do to strengthen us. We need to be reminded of that. And so Paul says, I'm going to come there. I've been looking forward to it. I can't wait to come to Rome. We are going to strengthen each other. And I'm going to tell you things that you've heard before, that old story. But it's going to make you stronger and it's going to inspire you. And your, your, your works, your love, your, your actions, y'all are going to inspire me through your ministry. And we're going to be mutually encouraged. We've been on, on a few trips this summer already, our, our family has. We went to annual conference in Tifton. Uh, like I said, we just got back from vacation. I'll be preparing to, to go up to Emory for a few weeks uh, here shortly. And even vacation Bible school, I feel like, was, was some kind of strange trip that I had over there in the fellowship hall. Uh, But we've gone on these journeys, and yet I think that this journey that as a church we are about to go on together is possibly the most exciting one of the summer. We are going to go through the book of Romans. We are going to spend a summer in Rome, and we are going to hear what Paul has to say to the Romans. But before we do, before we can get into all that other heavy stuff, we have to start right here, recognizing that the harvest is plentiful right here among us, and that we're urged to both sow and reap from each other, to be encouraged by each other, but also to continue to plant the hope and the grace of Jesus Christ among each other. You see, a church or a Christian community or or a community of any kind, for that matter, cannot grow and cannot thrive unless it is healthy on the inside. And so as we go through this journey together, as we go through Romans together over the next few weeks, let us be in prayer for each other. Let us be constantly lifting each other up, constantly encourage, encouraging each other and thanking the Lord for this church, for our congregation, for our community, for those outside of this building who, who strengthen us and who give us the opportunity to bear the fruit of Christ. Let us keep each other in prayer as we go. Into the months ahead. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for your words. We thank you for the ministry of others who have gone before us and, and how their words still resonate within us and how they can encourage us and inspire us. Lord, we ask that you make us faithful to pray for each other, both here in the church and outside of the church. That you make us faithful to look for ways in which we can serve, ways in which we can bear fruit and our, our ministry can benefit others. Lord, as we uh, look into the, the weeks and months ahead, as we look go through Romans, we ask that it will be a, a time of inspiration and a, and a time of strengthening for all of us. We thank you for the words that were recorded so long ago and that they can still be made relevant for us today. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Our hymn of invitation is hymn number 344. Lord, you have come to the lakeshore. I think we're just going to sing the the English parts. (laughs) So, uh, hymn number 344.